0: This episode is supported by Bounty Kitchen, one of my absolute favorite Seattle restaurants. Bounty Kitchen is, no joke, an extension of my own kitchen, except that there's so much fresh, local, organic, and tasty stuff on the menu there that it takes me forever to decide what I want. The good news is that you literally can't go wrong. Check out greens, beans, and grains dishes like the Braised Beef Bowl, or dive into the vegan and dairy-free Marrakesh Market Bowl, or try one of my personal favorites for Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the pot liquor bowl. There are also soups, salads, sandwiches, scrambles, and of course toast, all infused with the deep love and commitment of founder and co-owner and my friend Meg Trainer and her team. Visit Bounty Kitchen at seven Boston Street in Seattle's Queen Anne neighborhood. And check out my interview with Meg from last season of the podcast to learn more about her personal health journey and the inspiration behind Bounty Kitchen.
1: Uh, to me, that's wellness, is being connected to myself and the truth and being able to express that. Because if you're connected to yourself and the truth, and you're able to express it, then I believe then you're always living in the moment.
0: Welcome to Women on the Rise. I'm your host, Lara Dolch, and each week I talk to thriving women about the practical self-care strategies they use to fuel their success and pursue what's most important to them in their careers and lives. We get real about topics like healthy eating, exercise, sleep, stress, time management, happiness, and productivity, while busting myths about work-life balance and being perfect along the way. My goal each week is to uncover a new insight or practical strategy that you can immediately apply to your life to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul. Today, I'm talking to Erin Stutland, mind, body, wellness, and fitness expert, and host and lifestyle coach of Z Living's cable series, Altered. I first met Erin through her signature shrink session workout, for which I'm an affiliate partner, and have loved her approach to creating change in your life through movement, or as Erin says, movement in your body creates movement in your life. As a new mama and soon-to-be-published author, Erin's life has changed a bit since the last time we talked. So I invited her on the podcast to talk about her new book, Mantras in Motion, being published in January 2019, why she believes that combining words with movement is the key to creating change in your life, and the first mantra that helped her change her thoughts, how becoming a mom changed the things that Erin does to feel well, but not her definition of being well, and why her work is perfect for you if you feel like you can't sit still and meditate, but you're curious about the benefits of meditation. Enjoy the interview. Erin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's been forever. And I was just trying to remember how we met. How did we meet? Who introduced oh us? Was it? it was Natalie wow. Lucier. That's who it was.
1: Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Which I've known Natalie for, for, yeah, forever. I've known Natalie, I think since 2011 now. Um, her and I were in Marie Forleo's mastermind together. That's
0: right, so, that's right. That's yeah. right. I was working with Natalie when she was coaching at the time, and I was still in New York. And so we, you know, obviously right. there. But yeah, I was trying yeah. to remember that this morning. I'm like, how do I even know, Aaron? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and we've right. obviously, you know, collaborated on a couple things since then. But I, you know, for people who don't know you, could you just briefly kind of, you've got a million things going on, as <laughs> I said when we were chatting before. <laughs> so just like tell us what you're up to these days. Yeah. Gosh, what am I up to? Well, um, I had
1: a baby. <laughs> so that's yeah. the main thing that I'm up to. <laughs> um, that's, that's the main one, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, an artist and an entrepreneur at heart. I would say that's sort of the, the umbrella for almost everything that I do. And, um, I have a background in dance and, and acting. So that kind of funnels into everything as well. So I have a, um, I host and coach on a TV show called Altered, which is returning for its second season on Z Living this fall. And um, I am the author of a new book, Mantras in Motion, Manifesting What You Want Through Mindful Movement. And really at the core of the business that I run, and as as you mentioned, I have lots of different things going on, lots of different products and things that I'm passionate about. But I think really at the core of it is um, helping people create movement in their lives. And, and that often starts with, with helping them create movement in their bodies in a way that feels, feels really good. Um, I think movement of any kind is, is the key to our, to our happiness and the key to getting us unstuck in any situation
0: yeah totally and i that's one of the things that i resonate most with you in terms of your work is you know my experience of um for me it was pilates i mean that's i was a pilates instructor and that was kind of my first step into this world of of health and wellness and i it was the first time that i think i had ever been taught to be aware of my body and sort of the, just the very intentional ways of moving it. And I do actually think that, that it was the beginning of, of a much larger journey in, different, in lots of different areas of my life. And you know, I, I, I was thinking about what I see your work as and, and to a large extent, it seems to me it's about self-awareness, right? And recognizing the power to create your reality. And for you, you've chosen movement as the way to do that. But I'm curious why, why do you do what you do? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, I think it all, it
1: all started with me wanting to learn, right. What I wanted to learn most in my life. And it really goes back to, um, well, I was I was a dancer growing up, so movement has always been a part of my life. I was the kid who in 3rd grade had an agreement with my teacher that I was allowed to stand next to my desk because I could not sit still. <laughs> and I um and I found that actually if I was sort of moving about and fidgeting about a little bit, I was able to focus a lot better. So so movement has always, you know, I've always been someone who's learned kinetically through my body through experience. And so I think that's um filtered into everything that that I've done in life, but when i when i got to college i hit a real dark spot. My freshman year of college, my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. It was the first time in my life that I was, I was studying dance in college. So before I was dancing for fun and it was sort of extracurricular, even though I took it very seriously in high school, now I was being graded on it. And it was a pretty intense program, a pretty competitive program. So I was, and then just, just the natural going off to college, your whole world changes situation. So all those three, those three things that converged at once really, um, all, I felt like all of the walls of that, of my life that my parents so beautifully helped me build kind of came crumbling down. And I, you know, felt very, um, very vulnerable, very confused and very, very much a question. What does it, you know, what does it all mean? What do, what do I believe? What is this life all about? Which is like a young age to be questioning that we all, we all question that it throughout our lives, throughout our lives. But this is the first time that I remember really asking myself that question. What it is, what is this all about? And I didn't have the answers and therefore not having the answers, uh, really sent me into a state of anxiety and depression. And, um, I didn't know that I was actually suffering from depression. I just knew that I wanted to sleep all the time. I didn't want to see friends. I wasn't hungry. I was losing weight. And this was you know, years ago. So this was before people were really... Now depression is talked about so commonly. and We know the signs and symptoms to look for. At the time, I didn't even know what depression was. And it was an article that I had read in a magazine. You know, I don't remember what magazine it was like, but do you have this, this, and this? And I was like, Oh, I have all these things. And it was like, you might be depressed. And I went at the time to see a therapist who was sort of a classical psychiatrist and recommended that I go on antidepressants. And for whatever reason, I think the stubborn young woman in me, uh, didn't want to do that and, uh, really wanted to find a way to figure this out myself. So I went back to school. I started, um, Taking yoga in addition to all my dance classes. And I came, and actually, when I was home on one of my vacations, I came across a book in my parents' basement. And this is when my mom was going through chemotherapy. And she was, you know, in addition to doing all the Western uh, medicine stuff, she also was. Uh, doing meditation and tai chi and changing her diet so she she always really believed in that b- mind body connection that was like a, that's that was a core philosophy of hers for a long time but there was a book in the basement and it was called the greatest salesman in the world by og mandino and i wasn't looking to go into sales obviously <laughs> at the time but the book every every day there was a scroll they called it and the scroll was basically just filled with really affirmations mantras that you repeated three times a day Um, you know, and I remember the first one was, I will greet this day with love in my heart. I will greet this day with love in my heart. And that was like the first time that I started to really, that the way in which you talk to yourself, I realized had a huge impact because the book, you were supposed to read it three times a day. So I would read it in the morning and I would feel good. then I'd go off into the world, you know, and go to my first dance class. And by lunchtime, I felt like shit again. So then I would read, you know, so then I would read it again. And I would feel good again because I would greet this, I will greet this day with love in my heart. And I would repeat that to myself. And then I would, you know, and I, I sort of slowly started to realize the impact that my thoughts had. Um, now that doesn't mean that I was able to sustain those positive thoughts for a long period of time because I was in a real deep, dark place. And so the dark thoughts kept pulling me back, pulling me back, pulling me back. Um, So it was, you know, it was through practice and repetition, uh, that I slowly began to uncover, you know, the the power that we have to begin to change uh, our thoughts. And what really made the biggest impact on me and why I, you know, ended up kind of creating this business was when, when I left college, I came to New York, I was dancing and I was acting and I started to learn how to combine these positive thoughts, these mantras, these affirmations with. Movement, so that it wasn't just um, an idea, like sort of what I was experiencing in college when I I would read it. It was a great idea. I would repeat it. Okay, good. I feel good. But then, you know, I would go about my business, and my body and everything else would go back to where it was before. So it wasn't until I started combining these thoughts with actual powerful physical movement that the thoughts, the ideas, started to get into my body in a whole different way on a physiological level. So like that my cells began to understand it, my muscles and my bones, and so that I will greet this day with love in my heart became an actual physiological feeling as opposed to just an intellectual idea. And that concept that I just described really became the basis for my business. I wanted to teach, I wanted to learn more how to do this for myself so that these concepts that we hear about in self-development, compassion, love, kindness, uh, confidence, so that these concepts became a part of who I am and not just an intellectual idea. And so I wanted to uh, learn that for myself, and then of course teach that to others.
0: Yeah, it just sort of takes the the psychology of it all one step further. And it reminds me, as we're talking, reminds me of you know Amy Cuddy's TED Talk, which I'm sure you've seen with the PowerPoint poses and that sort of thing. But like combining the power of the mind, because we know, as you said, we know that we have the ability to change things based on our thoughts and adding the, the physical piece to it was something that I hadn't seen before I came across you. Um, and it is, it's so powerful. I mean, I can speak from personal experience having done, you know, your soul strolls, for example, I love, I love those because, you know, just getting outside and walking on its own is powerful. But then having these mantras mixed into it, there is something really amazing about the way that they stick. Differently when you're moving at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think because, you know, the mind is so slippery, you know? And so when you're sitting there and you're meditating, which I love meditation. And so I like to think of this as meditation in motion. Um, I know for me, as someone, as I described, someone who couldn't sit still, someone who was always fidgety. So for me, just sitting and meditating is hard. And I'm sure, and you know, with practice, of course it gets better and easier. Um, But before I could sit quietly, I, I needed to put the body in motion because for me, when I was sitting quietly, there were a gajillion different things that I would think, I would think, Oh, I am powerful. And then I would think, shit, I suck. Or, you know, and then I'd be like, I'm powerful. And I'd be like, oh wait, what's for dinner? I'm powerful. You know? And so the mind is jumping all over the place. Uh, but there's something for me really powerful about saying I am powerful while you're doing, let's say a lunge, for example, right? Because then your body is actually doing, can, can actually mirror the thought, can actually mirror the thought I am powerful. You can physically mirror the thought that you're having. And that's really what the work is all about is, um, is getting these thoughts and then doing that, like literally doing them, like almost, I think of it also, I think because of my background as an actor, you know, as an actor, you take on a character and you become that character, you you take on the character. How is it, how does the character walk? You know, how does the character breathe? And so, uh, that, that to me is what this, this is all about.
0: Yeah. I hadn't even actually thought about that piece of it until just now that you're right. Like the acting piece of it now makes total sense too with everything else that you're doing. And you know, it is interesting. I have a lot of clients who struggle like you with, you know, sort of quote unquote conventional meditation, like sitting there quietly. And and I always say to them, fine, do a moving meditation, go for a run, go for a walk, focus on the sound of your feet on the ground, you know, it, and that's something that, that's, that, that for people who uh, have struggled with, you know, Sort of typical meditation, I I think your work is very, can be very helpful for them and have the same and often more powerful results. Hey, it's Lara here. Wanted to take a quick break from the interview to invite you to my new monthly online workshop series. It's designed to help you get out of your own way and make being healthy feel easy and intuitive instead of stressful and overwhelming. And it's totally free. So consider this your personal invitation to join in. Visit laradalchcom workshops to save your spot in upcoming workshops. That's laradalchcom slash workshops. I'm curious about what, you personally, um, or how you define wellness at this point in your life, especially since you recently became a mama, I'm wondering how that experience has changed the way you define being well for yourself. Congratulations, by the way.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Being well, that is, that is such a good, such a good question. And it's certainly, it certainly has changed in terms of, um, I think the actions that make me feel well are different now than they were before having a baby. But I think wellness, the sort of what the core wellness is, is still the same. And to me, wellness means um, being connected to myself, to my feelings, being able to truly express those feelings to myself and to others and to the world, um, and feeling connected to others in relationship, whether that's friendships, um, my husband, obviously my daughter now, uh, to me, that's wellness is being connected to myself and the truth and being able to express that. Um, because if you're connected to yourself and the truth, Uh, and you're able to express it, then you're, I believe, then you're always living in the moment because the truth and your feelings are constantly changing. You know, one day you're happy. That's the truth. One day you're sad. That's the truth. And that you have somewhere to express it and to place it so that it's not bottled up inside. uh, To me, that's, that's wellness. And then that could, and that could, you could take many actions in your life to make that a reality, right? So whether that is journaling, exercise, meditation, uh, time with friends, um, you know, getting a manicure, whatever, whatever that means to you to help you get there, to help you get connected to yourself and to your truth. Um, and then to express it and then to be connected with others. I think that, and that will, that is what will change throughout your life. I think what the things that you have to do to get to get those connections.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are those things for you? Like, what are your primary, maybe top three non-negotiables that help you foster that kind of feeling?
1: Well, they—they um, they definitely. It, you know, it's funny. It's not that they've changed since having a baby. They just have not been as readily available to be able to do them. But they haven't actually changed, which is interesting. And that's uh, the biggest lesson that I'm sort of learning as a mom is. I didn't realize becoming a mom that one of the hardest things would be um, self-care and the the conflict of interest in my own self-care because I genuinely want to give all of myself to her. It's a, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel badly. It doesn't feel draining. It feels actually life giving. Um, but if I do that and I don't make time for myself, then eventually I will get to the bottom of the well. So. Um, and, and the, and the, and there is like real guilt. I do feel when I am not giving all of myself to her, like, go, like, I haven't, like um, speaking of a manicure, I haven't had a manicure and like, I don't know how long, you know, those, that, that goes out the window. Okay. So that's like, that's done. (laughs) Then we're not doing that because, you know, as a mom, it's like, especially, you know, I have a baby. So, you know, I feel like I have a choice, you know, you have so little time. So I have to choose wisely as to what self-care actions I'm going to take. And for me, there are, there are two that I know work and have worked for me over and over and over again since the time I was 18 years old. One of them is um, doing the morning pages, which is writing in my journal, like two to three pages, freehand, free flowing, brain dump, whatever comes out, whether it is a mishmash of googly gobbly gook, or whether it's a blog post, or whether it's a list of to-dos, um, just get it. Sometimes it's a prayer. Um, that to me, that whether that's 15 minutes or 20 minutes, that connection always helps that always helps me get connected. That little piece, and then the other thing for me is is movement, and um, and that's definitely interestingly gotten harder for me becoming a mom because I just have less energy and I'm tired. And you're on all the time, and I'm up early. And even though she's sleeping through the night, like I, there's no sleeping in anymore. Like there's no catching up on sleep. So I find that I'm just physically more exhausted and. Uh, whereas like before my desire to go exercise or move my body in some way, it was, you know, pretty there at the at the top surface. Now it's like at the very bottom and I have to really pull it up and call it up to go do it. But I'm finding, um, that the more I do that and commit to it, actually the more energy I have as a result. So, um, I ha- you know, for the first time in my life, I have to like make myself go do it. Um, and that's, and inter- that's a new uh, relationship that I have to movement that I've ever had before in my life. But it still remains that when I actually go do it, it is life-giving, life-generating. And, um, and it shifts my focus, it shifts my energy, it shifts my attention, and it's worth it every single time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so I actually wanted to ask you about sort of resistance. And so this is a perfect place to ask for that. So mm-hmm. how do you, well, I have two questions. One, how old is your daughter? Because I think that that's relevant.
1: Yeah, she everybody. is, um, yeah, she's nine and a half months.
0: Yeah, so she's still quite young, and and then yeah. as you have that internal dialogue around movement, since it sounds like that's where you're particularly struggling, which is interesting given given that that's been yeah. such a huge piece of of your life. How do you how do you move through that? How do you sort of talk yourself into getting out there?
1: I think that I know a big one for me around resistance, and I do talk about this in the book. I talk about resistance a lot in the book because I think it's a big it's a big piece that. Um, Everyone experiences. So, I, and that's really important that we know that resistance is not personal. You know, resistance is is something that comes up for everyone and anyone. And I believe that it comes up, um, and you can come at it up at any time in your life, but I do believe that it often comes up the closer you get uh, toward the closer you get to your dream. Like the closer yeah. you get, the more resistance will come up. Um, and so, um, I know for me, you know, there's usually about three reasons that I find resistance come up. One, one of them is um, overwhelm. Like you just feel completely overwhelmed with your life and and with everything that's going on. That you kind of use overwhelm as a way to just not even take the action to move forward. You kind of stay in that state of overwhelm. You know, another one is exhaustion or trauma. When we've experienced some sort of trauma or a loss, I think that our energy is so drained that resistance just comes up. We just don't want to move forward. We kind of get stuck and we, we have a hard time moving forward. And the other one, which is a very big one for me is perfectionism. And that shows, that's a very big form of resistance for me because I know like, you know, I want to do things well and I want to do them really well, like not just kind of good. I want to do them really, really well. And so, you know, I'll find, well, if I can't do it perfectly, then I'm not going to do it at all. And to me, that's a form of just resistance. Um, and so, in regards to movement in itself, I've had to come to the place that good enough is good enough. And moving my body, and some days it's great, and some days it's just like eh. You know, yesterday I I I'm, I was uh, I now work. I used to work at home, but now I have a co-working space and I was working. I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish early. I'm going to go to the gym and take myself through a little workout. And it was, eh, you know, like I just couldn't quite get, find the inspiration, but, but I walked out of there. I'm like, you know what, Aaron, you showed up, you did it. And you actually do feel a little bit better than you did when you started. And that's what matters. And then today I had more energy. So I went and I took a class. And it was, and it was good. I did. Re- I felt like I really was able to bring myself. So some days I can, some days I can't, and I have to really let go of the idea that it needs to be perfect, that I need to be on fire, that I need to do it really well. Um, I just need to show up. And I think, you know, when it comes to resistance, that's like, it's, it's funny because I was just, I just, in my Facebook group for my, for my program shrink session, I opened up a and A and I said, ask me anything. And I would say, you know, let's say there's, 25 questions in there. I would say about 15 of them are like, I can't seem to get myself started, um, which is yeah. resistance. And it's such, it, I always, I struggle with this as a coach because my best answer, honestly, which is not a very encouraging one, is like, just do it. <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> totally. sometimes you, just, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not profound. It's not, you know, spiritual. Um, it's really like, just do it. You have to put one foot in front of the other. And I, and you have to let go of perfectionism. You have to just say good enough is good enough and I'm going to just show up. And I think that's really where success comes is when you commit to showing up. Um, I think that's what it's really about. Um, and you got to do it, you know, every day as often as you can. And some days you don't, and then you got to get back the next day that you don't, after you don't show up, then you got to show up again. And that's really, you know, that's it.
0: Yeah, no, and I'm so glad that you shared that because I think it's so important. You know, the perfectionism thing is is obviously huge in the work that I do with clients, and I think you know one of the challenges is that that women often have this very rigid image in their heads of what a healthy person should look like. For example, and and you, in some in many respects, probably fit that image. Like here's someone whose entire you know. Business and work is built around movement, and yet even you struggle with that, right? And I think that's really important for people to understand that it's even for you and for me, who you know is has been you know involved in some kind of move my whole life too. It's like it's a daily choice, and yeah, sometimes some days you just got to show up. <laughs> you just have to like, there's no magic pill. And I yeah, so I'm really glad that you shared that. I think it's I think it's important for people to see. Um, People who seem further down the path still struggling with it sometimes.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it's, um, I, I think it's just a part of life. That's what I. That's what I talk about in that in that chapter is resistance, just being. You can expect it no matter where you are on your journey, expect That's it right. to show up. That's what I mean, that it's not personal. It happens to the best of us. It happens to, I'm sure, Serena Williams at times, right? The, one of the best athletes in the world. It, 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 You can expect it to show up. And I think that once you can really understand your own personal brand of resistance, like how does resistance, like what's your resistance? What, How does it work for you? For me, like I said, it's perfectionism. That's a big one for me. I know when I start to get into this oh, it has to be perfect conversation. I'm like, oops, that's resistance. you know. Yeah. And and the more that I recognize it, the more that I don't take it as personally. And so I'll, I'll just share a mantra with you that is, I find to be extremely helpful for myself when it comes to resistance. And it, it's just, it's very simple. It's just, I am tuned in. I step into the flow. I have all that I need. The rest I let go. And I'll just repeat that again. I am tuned in. I step into the flow. I have have all that I need, the rest I let go. And the reason why I find that's a really powerful one when it comes to resistance is because it's about just saying like, Okay, I'm tuned into myself, I'm tuned into a higher power, I'm tuned into life. I step into the sense of flow where things are easy, where it's like going, where there's there is no resistance where I can just kind of move down the river and then we say I have all that I need because I think a lot of times resistance comes up and we're like, "Oh, I don't have enough, I don't have the resources, I don't know what I'm doing." I It's, you know, no, in this moment, wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing, you have everything that you can need to take one tiny little step forward and the rest of it, just let go. Whatever else is the noise, you can just let that go. And so I often, when I go to work out actually, and I give my, take myself through a workout, that is what, that is how I start my workout. I do a movement with those four mantras because it just helps me be like, okay, I'm in the flow. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you share that. I Cause I also think it's the, you know, the letting go piece of it is so important, especially if you're someone whose brain is always full of like what's wrong and <laughs> what's not working. Right. I mean, to me, that's the piece of that, that really, I think resonates is just dropping it. Just dropping yeah. it. Yeah. 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 What's something that you do that feels like self-care that maybe wouldn't show up in a book about wellness? mm. Well,
1: hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I I will say, I think most of the things I do for self-care might show up in a book on (laughs) wellness, right? That's That's all right. I I mean, I think, you know, sleeping, taking a nap, taking a long shower, taking a long walk, um, connecting with girlfriends. um, I find... Um, shopping to be uh, like, and I'm not an excessive shopper, so I'm I, so I say this because if you're someone who's like, no, no, I need to peel back in my shopping, that mm-hmm. might be you. I'm not <laughs> someone who does like a ton of shopping, but like when I do, I find that really as a form of self care. Like I'm going to buy myself some wonderful, nice clothes that make me feel good. That make you know, especially particularly with after having a baby, and your body is you know a shape that you don't necessarily recognize. Um, I, I found it really important actually to, I knew that I was, I knew that I was going to be probably different sizes along the way. Right, right, right after postpartum, it was like, my boobs were so big. I mean, it was crazy. And I was like, no, I can't like literally nothing fit. So, you know, I went and I bought a couple tops that made me feel good. I knew that my, I knew that I wouldn't stay that way. I knew that things would like level out once you're like milk supply levels out and everything. But I was like, I don't know how long this is going to last. I need to buy some things that make me feel good. Um, and that was, really, that was really important for me. So, so maybe shopping wouldn't show up in a, in a self-help book, but I don't know, maybe it would.
0: <laughs> I like it. No, and I also love that, that message around you know, having clothes that fit you now, regardless of what's going on. I think that's so important because you feel good in them. And it doesn't mean you're not going to ever be able to wear the other ones again. It's, you know It doesn't mean you're like, quote unquote, giving up, which is often what I hear from women when I suggest that they buy clothes that they feel good in now. Um, that's not what it means. It just means you feel good in them now. That's it. Yeah, and and I
1: find like in today's day and age, you don't have to spend a ton of money either to you know get clothes that you feel good in. It's,
0: totally. it's easy to do. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your book. Um, I know it's coming out in January, and I, I specifically would love to know who would most benefit from reading it. <laughs> Ooh, Who would most everyone? Um, <laughs> everyone needs well, a copy.
1: Yeah. Um, I, the book is really about manifesting the best version of yourself and manifesting what it is that you most want in your life. And whether that is, and there's, there's no judgment in the book on whether that is external things or internal shifts. At the end of the day, I do believe that anything that you want externally, whether it's, you know, to change your body or to find a relationship or to, you know, change your career or find a career that you actually love, it's deeply connected to how you want to feel and what you want to experience on, on that feeling level. So, so I talk about that in the book. It's not just about, you know, manifesting more things. This is about becoming the best version of yourself. And maybe that means, um, you struggle with confidence, or maybe that means you're someone who struggles with saying no and setting boundaries, or maybe, you know, you struggle with, you go out into the world and you, you, you talk to people and you come home and then you second guess everything that you said, you know? So this is really about, um, strengthening your inner self-talk and strengthening your inner conversation with yourself. Um, and because I do believe at the end of the day, you know, we are out there having millions of conversations all day long. We're texting, we're on Facebook, we're Instagram messaging, we're having all these conversations. But I believe that we forget that the very most important conversation that we have each and every single day is the one that we have with ourselves. And that is the conversation that we are not, uh, living up to the very best version of. Um, and we want to have that be an empowering, inspiring, kind, compassionate, loving conversation. And so this book helps you how to helps you create that loving, kind, inspiring conversation so that you can go out into the world and get the career you want, change the body, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And so we do that through a series of, I, I teach you mantras, like the one I mentioned here. Um, and I teach you at the end of each chapter, which is, I teach you a short movement, um, pattern that you can do with the mantras, uh, which is very easy to do. Anyone could do it. Um, you know, I kept it very simple so that anyone could really experience this, these concepts that I introduced to the throughout the chapter. So whether it's resistance or inspired action or courage, um, how do you take courage and get that into your body? And of course I share personal stories and client stories. There's some excellent journaling exercises throughout because I wanted to involve in the book I wanted it to be a mind, body, heart experience, right? I wanted you to understand intellectually, what does courage mean to you personally? What does it mean to you intellectually? What does it mean to you emotionally? And then what does courage mean to you on a physiological basis? How does courage feel in your body? And that's what this book will take you through so that you understand these concepts mentally, emotionally, and spiritually.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, as I said before, I think that that's your sort of it's such a cliche, but your zone of genius is that you've combined all of those things. Right? You've brought all these pieces together to just amplify the work. And I think, so I'm going to answer my own question about who might benefit from reading it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, yeah, okay. anyone who exactly. needs some kind of change in their life and who needs to amplify, yeah. you know, bring all of those pieces together. Because I think that, you know, I think it, it happens faster and more powerfully when you, when you tap into all of those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and why not speed it up? You know, let's get there faster.
0: That's right, absolutely. <laughs> so, besides the book, what are you? What else are you excited about right now?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I'll say that after having a baby, um, you really—I do. I don't know if, if all mothers feel this way. I'm so curious to hear about other mothers who are further along the path than I am on mother, in motherhood. I, I really do feel as though I've emerged or am emerging as as like a new person. It's as wild as that sounds. I didn't expect that aspect of it. And of course, you know, the Aaron is still there, but what, what I care about in the world, what is important to me, uh, what triggers me, what breaks my heart, you know, like things that I like didn't, you know, I can like well up in tears right now. Just think about things like on a daily basis that break my heart on the world that maybe didn't before. And so you know, as a result, I'm, I really am seeing the world and seeing myself and seeing my business in a, in a whole new way. And so I think that there's some things that are coming and I don't know what they are yet in terms of business and what I want to create and what I want to say. And that's scary, you know, and I'm sure that your audience can relate. This is, you know, a time of transition when you're in transition, what's coming next. And sometimes we don't know what's coming next. And we could either, you know, sit in that with in total fear and be like, I don't know where I'm going or we can sit in that with excitement of like, wow! I don't know what's coming. This is really exciting. And so, you know, if I'm being really honest, obviously, I'm so excited about the book. I'm excited about the second season of the show. We'll see if we get another season. But I'm really excited about who I'm becoming and what, how that will influence uh, my business and my life. And it's um, it's just slowly getting revealed. It's, the whole picture is not there yet. And I, and I think that it's um, important to sit in the in the reveal of it and not rush it.
0: Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I love I love <laughs> the approaching it with excitement. That's right. It it makes it uh, a much more pleasant and I think more powerful <laughs> experience when when you can do that for sure. Yeah, so where can people learn about you, Erin?
1: You can come on over to erinstutland.com to the website and um, I'm sure they'll we'll link to the book page as well here so you can see that we've got a great um, bonus when you pre-order the book. Uh, I'm doing a manifest, magical manifestors workshop that you get. Um, and if we're lucky, there might be some other fun bonuses. We'll see. I have to talk to the publishers about that. Um, and so yeah, come to AaronStutland.com. And you can also, um, I would say the social media wise, the one I'm most active on is probably Instagram. So it's just at stutland.
0: Awesome. Yes. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Aaron. This was so fun to hear more about your work.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so good to talk
0: to you. That's it for this week's episode of Women on the Rise. Visit lauridolch.com slash podcast for show notes and resources mentioned in this episode. You can download other episodes of this podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review the podcast. It's a huge help to the show and I truly appreciate it. This episode was produced by me with editing help from Dave Nelson at Lens Group Media. Tune in every week for new interviews that give you the practical tools you need to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul.